Chapter 14 of Anything You Can Do by Randall Garrett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Anything You Can Do. Chapter 14 The Nipe squatted, brooding, in his underground nest, waiting for the special crystallization process to take place in the sodium gold alloy that was forming in the reactor. How long, he wondered. He was not thinking of the complex crystallization reaction, he knew the timing of that to a fraction of a second. His dark thoughts were, instead, focused inwardly upon himself. How long would it be before he would be able to construct the communicator that would span the light-years of intervening distance, and put him in touch with his own race again? How long would it be before he could again hold discourse with reasonable beings? How much longer would he have to be stranded on this planet, surrounded by an insane society composed of degraded, insane beings? The work was going incredibly slowly. He had known at the beginning that his knowledge of the basic arts required to build a communicator was incomplete, but he had not realized just how painfully inadequate it was. Time after time his instruments had simply refused to function because of some basic flaw in their manufacture, some flaw that an expert in that field could have pointed out at once. Time after time equipment had had to be rebuilt almost from the beginning. And time after time only cut-and-try methods were available for correcting his errors. Not even his prodigious and accurate memory could hold all the information that was necessary for the work, and there were no reference tapes available, of course. They had all been destroyed when his ship had crashed. He had long since given up any attempt to understand the functioning of the mad pseudo-civilization that surrounded him. He was quite certain that the beings he had seen could not possibly be the real rulers of this society, but he had no inkling, as yet, as to who the real rulers were. As to where they were, that question seemed a little easier to answer. It was highly probable that they were out in space, on the asteroids that his instruments had detected when he was dropping in toward this planet so many years before. He had made an error, then, in not landing in the belt, but at no time since had he experienced the emotion of regret, or wished he had done differently. Both thoughts would have been incomprehensible to the Nipe. He had made an error. The circumstances had been checked and noted. He would not make that error again. What further action could be taken by a logical mind? None. The past was immutable and unchangeable. It existed only as a memory in his own mind, and there was no way to change that indelible record, even had the Nipe wished to do so insane a thing. Surely, he thought, the real rulers must know of his existence. He had tried, by his every action, to show that he was a reasoning, intelligent, and civilized being. Why, then, had they taken no action? There was, of course, the possibility that the rulers cared very little for their subjects here on earth, that they ignored what went on most of the time. Still, it would seem that they would recognize the actions of one of their own kind and take steps to investigate. He was still not absolutely certain about Colonel Walther Mannheim. Was he a real person, or merely an underling? 
the information on the man was pitifully small. It would, of course, be possible to wait, to see how Colonel Walther Mannheim behaved if and when he discovered the Knipe's nest. But if he had not discovered it after all these years, and the information indicated that he had been looking almost since the first, then it was unlikely that he was a real person, in which case it would be dangerous to allow him to find the nest. No, the best plan of action would be to go to Colonel Walther Mannheim first. End of chapter 14